Well, fiction has given us a lot of villains. Every one of us may have that that one villain, the the one who truly embodies the idea of villainy, or maybe just that one character that really gets under your skin. Can you think of that person? Can you picture them? The one like you just see him and like the bristles on the back of your head, head neck stand up and you just you start to tense up. So for me, my person, the person that I have the most contempt feeling when I see them is Dolores Umbridge. Like when I see Dolores or I hear that name uh, from Harry Potter, um, like I just I, I can't. Yep, there she is. It doesn't help that my fifth grade teacher was very much like Miss Umbridge. Umbridge starts out as, and I have to read this, it's a long title. She is the senior undersecretary to the Minister for Magic in the Harry Potter series. She kind of represents the super bureaucratic political element in the Harry Potter films. And then about halfway in the series, the ministry actually makes a move to enter Harry's school because they want to change things. They want to give the students what they call proper training. And maybe that's where it is, this word proper, because umbrage seems to be all about proper and that need for things to be proper, which, of course, is also um, that need for control, that need for things to be certain, to be just so, which that need for control can turn into oppression, which turns into suppression. So for me, Dolores Umbridge is the embodiment of what we might call righteous evil. Now, obvious evil is bad enough, right? You have your your Voldemorts, your Darth Vaders, your Saurons. But the kind of evil which tries to pass itself off as orderly, as supportive, as proper, as hiding, that can almost be more of an affront and more blasphemous as it tries to portray itself as the very good it is actually against. President Snow from the Hunger Games could be another example, what we might call the authority villain, one who uses uh, their power for their own gain, their power to suppress others. Or Beverly Keene from the miniseries Midnight Mass. Now, Bev Keene is a member of St. Patrick's Church in this small community and sort of is the resident um, judgmental Christian. Or the righteous evildoer, disguising what she does and who she is as being pious for God, which, of course, she holds over everyone else. This series covers themes of toxic religion and fanaticism in the form of vampires, which kind of makes sense because the vampire traditionally is thought of as being repelled by holiness, right? By symbols like the cross and other religious symbols. However, this story shows that those religious symbols can also sometimes be warped or made to represent something else. And this entire congregation, as they learn very horribly what it means to follow symbols of righteous evil. In the Gospel of Matthew, while Jesus continues to give his sermon on the mount, as we looked back a couple weeks ago, those words of blessing, blessed are the poor, blessed are the happy, blessed are the oppressed, these words that help people to be seen as who they are, Jesus also continues to remind the people, he continues to remind us that we are to stay true 
to who we are and to not think that we can hide behind, say, a set of rules, rules that may build us up and and make us look proper and even pious, while at the same time holding something very differently in our hearts. So, for example, Jesus says in verses 21 through 24, you're familiar with the command to the ancients, do not murder. However, I'm telling you that anyone who is so much as angry with a sibling is guilty of murder. If you enter your place of worship and about to make an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you or you against them. Abandon that offering. Leave immediately. Go to this friend and make things right. Then and only then. Then and only then come back. Come back and work things out with God. See, Jesus, Jesus is trying to get us to see and to remember rules do not mean anything if we don't understand and if we don't believe the reason behind them. If we think we can just skate by these rules or sort of work on them on the surface or most specifically, if we think that we can fool God by following the rules, what kind of God are we claiming to follow? As Pastor Riley has put it many times, if you think you can fully comprehend God, your God ain't big enough. So Jesus is taking this time. He's taking this time to to uh, organize and, and think over and flesh out the true meaning behind these rules so that people will choose to follow them, not following them out of force or out of suppression. He is inviting us to follow the rules the same way he invites us to follow him. We are not forced to follow Jesus. We are invited to follow Jesus. And the question, of course, that we have to ask, that we have to ask probably every day is, are we going to accept this invitation to follow? To follow Jesus and to follow everything that means. In following Jesus, do we choose to drop our nets? Our, our nets that may hold us down, our nets that make us weary and burdened, but also our nets of anger, our nets of control, our nets of desire, our nets of being proper, the nets that force us or make us see people as objects. Will we accept the invitation to drop these false images of being pious or religious. And perhaps even more so, will we drop these nets so that we can mend those relationships to seek people out who have offended or hurt us or those who we have offended or hurt? If we accept this invitation, who and what are we going to allow to empower us? And so in this series, this mass, this congregation, they are misled. These realities of toxic religion that that control us to judge others, that we think this is all about us. The priest of this congregation in this journey finally realizes the error of his ways. It is the priest who introduced all of this to his congregation, not just the toxic religion, but literally introduced this monster to his flock. And finally, he realizes it's not about me. It's about God. 
Then and only then, Jesus says. Then and only then, when we drop, when we see, when we accept, when we love, when we forgive, then and only then, Jesus says, come back. Come back and let us work things out. And so at the end, this town of vampires, this congregation of monsters, this congregation who really just wanted to be good people, who wanted to follow the right path but were misled, who come to realize they have strayed, who come to realize they have fallen, they have harmed, they have become the opposite of who they are supposed to be, they turn back. They turn toward the horizon and they meet the dawn. They meet the sun. And in this, they meet God once again. They begin singing together the hymn, Nearer My God to Thee. A hymn which is alleged to be the very last song the, the band on the Titanic played as it sank. The same song it was alleged that the crew and the passengers of the SS Valencia sang as it sank off the Canadian coast in 1906. Though like the wanderer, the sun goes down. Darkness be over me, my rest a stone. Here, let the way appear, steps unto heaven. All that thou sendest me in mercy given. Angels to beckon me nearer. Nearer, my God, to thee, nearer to thee. When the town sings this together as the sun rises, it is not a meeting of their end. It is a welcome home. Why do we practice love and forgiveness? Why does Jesus... Show and share so much about how it means to live that rather than just by a set of rules. Because God is bigger than our rules. God is bigger than piousness. God is bigger than proper. God is bigger than toxicity. God is big enough to call all of us to be better, to be truer, to be who we are truly meant to be. And God is big enough to welcome us. God is big enough to welcome all of us home, regardless of where we have been, regardless of where we are. God is big enough to welcome all of us back home. God is big enough not to force us, but to invite us to be nearer. There are words that Jesus gives us to follow commandments that we are to live out rules even to obey and that is important for us to know but when we find ourselves getting bogged down in those rules and especially not measuring up to them that is when we need jesus to say to us once again let us work this out because when we follow it is a life that we choose to follow it is a life that we choose to live out as the kingdom of god here on earth and so in those times when we have strayed in those times when we have forgotten in the times when we have let all of those details overpower us 
Let us remember we are always welcome back and invited to come to the table, to be reminded of who we are and how much we are loved. And then as we receive that remembrance, that reminder, let us go out and be that reminder of grace to the world. And so may we go in grace and in peace. Amen.